Hi there, this is Lauren Mole. Uh, Jed's not here today, so uh, apparently uh, I'll be introducing this podcast for him, as well as guest hosting today's show. Our guest today is Sasha Paulson from the Napa Valley Register, and she's also quite a, an intriguing novelist, too. And she's got an interesting book coming out soon at the Napa Book Mine with a, a special book signing, so wanted to make sure to tune in for that. And look for her special features section in our local newspaper, the Napa Valley Register. But before we get to her, I, uh, I'd like you to invite you to Judd's Winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 on the beautiful Silverado Trail in the beautiful Napa Valley in the state of California. Visiting information is available at www.juddshill.com. And please note, this website goes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And as for being a loyal listener, type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, no capitals, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And now, let's get to the show. Lauren, that was fabulous, but you know, I'm standing right here. Oh, oh, hey, Judd, sorry, I didn't even know you were here today. Hey, I, a lot of people know, uh, think that about me, and Sasha's here too, we just finished the show. I'm just trying to remember that code so that I can get a discount on your wines. That's right, and if you want an even better discount, Sasha, or anybody, you can join our wine club, and all of that information is on the web as well. It's free to join, you get all of our wines, you get invited to great events, all sorts of fun perks, so I invite you to join us there too. Lauren... Yes, Judd. Let's have people enjoy today's show. We surely will. Thanks, Sasha. Thank you. It's always Finkalicious on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show, on Judd's Napa Valley Show, Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Coming to you live from KVON 1440, in a world of Tuesday morning Napa Valley Radio, here's the host we love the most, Judd Finkelstein. Good morning, Lauren Mole. How are you, sir? Thank you. I'm doing fine, Judd. How about you? I'm great. Happy to be here. It's a beautiful spring day in Napa Valley. It is. And I'm very happy to see you, as always. Yet it seems that whenever you're here on time, we don't have these celebrities coming through. But we're very fortunate. Every time you're late, we have these these bigwigs kind of coming through the radio, and they, they step in for you. Like I'm still impressed that last week we had Bernie Sanders introducing the show. A few months before that, former governor and action star Arnold Schwarzenegger was here. Morgan Freeman at one point. I think Ronald Reagan, uh, the ghost of Ronald Reagan, came in. <laughs> and you keep missing them. I'm sorry to say. And, and I know you'd love to talk to these people. But, um, but how do you – do you, you, you have some arrangement with the universe that somehow when it's – you put it out there. If you're going to be late, these celebrities show up. But not today. Not today. You're here in person. Yes, I am. And as much as I love meeting all these great folks, I'm happy to have you here with me today, adding a little bit of the professionalism that I have come to depend on to float this show. Thank you. You're welcome. What are you doing these days? Well, uh, on Thursday, I just got done emceeing my 13th year with the uh, Community Advisory Committee Inclusion Watch presentation at the uh, school board meeting. Oh, on you Thursday. did? Well, how did it go? What happened? It tell was me, a success. Tell me, tell me, walk me through it. What happened? So uh, the Community Advisory Committee, uh, it helps uh, include uh, 
this special awards presentation that includes regular and special education students together. And we had a, we hand out awards to all the teachers. Aha. Uh-huh. And did you have a, a special intro written up? I did. It's, it's the one I've been using for 13 years. Oh, this is the standard. This is the classic. It is. You want to give us a little taste of it? Or, or should we save it and ask people to show up for the awards next year? Uh, probably show up next year. Okay. Will you give us some warning then on the air so folks will know when and sure where I to will. show up? Okay. That's really great. I That's will. very important that you Thanks. do that. Thank you. And also, uh, I got to do something else on, uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday. I don't know. Should we hear about it? Sure. Wait, let's take some calls. See who wants to hear about it. We don't take calls on the show. Okay, let's hear about it. Okay. Uh, I actually got to see uh, Chris Allen at the Uptown Theater. You, I'm sorry. You saw what? Chris Allen at the oh, Uptown Chris Theater. Oh, Chris Allen. I'm so, wow. Okay. So how was it? it? It was a success. Even his <laughs> opening act was a success, too. Marie Miller. Oh, really? What did you get out of it? Oh. Huh. Inspiration? Inspiration and a whole lot of music. And a whole lot of music. That sounds great. You got any other shows coming up? I think that's pretty much it. So, uh, what does Lauren Mole do for fun? That's what we want to know. You go to concerts, right? You MC events. I know that's work, but it's fun for you, right? I go to concerts, but sadly, two of which I have never been uh, been to before. But I would love to go. It's on my bucket list. What's that? Indina Menzel and uh, Michael Bublé. Ah, well. Uh, are there any? I haven't looked lately. Are either of them on tour? Or, or, or uh, I have to check their websites. Check the something about Indina Menzel. I thought was interesting. You know, she has, you know, rocketed to superstardom based on Frozen, the Disney. I mean, she was already a known singer, Broadway, right. Wicked, that whole thing. She's great. But she really entered the public's uh, conscious by being on um, the voice of Elsa in Frozen and singing Let It Go. And so she was coming through town, and I thought, oh, this might be fun. You know, we could go bring the kids and friends and stuff like that. There was actually a warning. I think it was whatever the venue was. I forgot where it was. It, said, it was talking about how wonderful her show is, and she does... You know, she tells stories uh, peppered with her signature uh, coarse language may not be suitable for a young <laughs> audience. So apparently Adina Menzel's got a bit of a, a foul mouth, but I'm sure she, she uses it to great entertainment and humorous anecdotes. But then I thought, well, okay, maybe we won't bring the kids to this. I see. Doesn't that seem odd for somebody who has become very famous for being in a kid's movie? I see. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah, so anyway, what's been going on with you, Judge? <laughs> so much for that. Things are going well. Things are going well. We've got uh, springtime. You know, the, the vines are in bloom, and that's exciting. We have a winemaker dinner coming up, a Judd's Hill winemaker dinner coming up that I'm very excited about. It's a place I really like called Napa Valley Bistro right here in downtown Napa hey, on, you, on Clinton Street. You know, I've actually been there before. It's good. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Solid, solid. This is going to be June 7th at 6 p.m. It's a Tuesday night. So after our show, I'll spend the rest of the day uh, making myself pretty to show up to this uh, winemaker dinner. Okay, again, June 7th, 6 p.m., Napa Valley Bistro. Chef Bernardo Ayala has carefully considered the wines from Judd's Hill and has created a beautiful multi-course menu. It's going to be fabulous. 65 bucks. Not bad for Napa Valley, right? You get all the food, all the wine. That's included there in the $65. If anybody would like to join, call Napa Valley Bistro at 707-666-2383 and uh, make a reservation. should be a lot of fun. And something that has started happening, I'm really not personally involved at all, just in the fact that you know how much I love Hawaii and tiki culture. And we've even hung out at Trader Vic's before, you and I, That's Lauren. Right. That has so, so many great memories. Yeah, and you know how much I enjoy a proper just Mai Tai. Right, just not this year, though. We didn't do it this year, no. They, they have a little problem with their music license at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. having live entertainment. But that's getting sorted out at Trader Vic's. 
But right here in Napa Valley, Up Valley, Goose and Gander, again, I have no stake in this other than I think it's really cool. They have started their Tiki Thursdays. So every Thursday night, they will present a menu of classic and inventive uh, tropical drinks. So if you want a classic Mai Tai, the Trader Vic style, which I'm a, I'm a cocktail snob, and that's the only way to have a Mai Tai, um, you can get it up there. And that's just Thursdays. You just show up. You don't really need reservations. You can put on your Aloha shirt, your Moo whatever, and enjoy some frosty tropical cocktails at Goose and Candor. That's what I'm excited about these days, and I'm excited about today's show. You know what? Me too. Shall we introduce our guest? Uh, sure, Judd. Great. A community lifestyle shaper. She's got her eye out for any cool caper. With fine point pen in her hand, she'll fill us in on what's grand. This Sasha Paulson who edits our paper. Hey, Sasha Paulson, editor, <laughs> features editor of the Napa Valley Register. I'm excited to see you. Thank you. Thank Welcome. You. That was very impressive, the, um, the poem. <laughs> <laughs> I can't write poetry. I see. But you write, oh, you are, you're quite the writer. Now, you are the features editor of the Napa Valley Register. Yes. Which means you have written billions and billions of articles and whatnot, which made you kind of hard to research, you know. I, I tried, to, tried to scrape up some stuff about you, and you, you type your name in there, and, I mean, I get all your articles, but very little about you personally. So... That being said, you are a professional storyteller. So I do have a few questions here and there, but I'm, okay. I kind of want you to tell your story. How does that sound? Well, that's, it's certainly very different for me because we spend all of our time at the paper telling other people's stories. Right. Well, let's... And, uh, you know, so ours has always sort of been the, in the back of things. Well, we'll get to, we're going to put you to the foreground. Let's, okay. let's figure out how you got to be who you are. And I, I'd kind of like to start... At the beginning, are you are you local? Are you in Napin? I am. I am. You I are up here. I went to um, Browns Valley and Mount George the schools, Silverado, Napa High, and uh, like most of the people from my class at Napa High, this is quite a few years ago. Uh, we thought that this was the worst place in the world to live, and, <laughs> and it was so boring. And I uh, wanted to get out of town, so um, I left and went to Berkeley and. Uh, then some years later decided it really wasn't such a bad place to live and uh, came back. Yeah. Yeah. No, not bad at all. Good place to raise children. I, I brought my two children back here to, to oh, grow so up in Napa. They, they started off down in the East Bay in Berkeley? And- well, we were actually, while I was at Berkeley doing my graduate work at Berkeley, I went to, we, we moved to Europe, my husband and I. Oh. He was um, an astrophysicist. No kidding. S- yeah. No, a true rocket scientist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So we went to uh, Europe for him to do a couple of uh, postdocs and then to Boston. And then I came back to Napa. Mm. So after all that, were your folks, your, was your family into creative creativity, either writing art? Like, no, where, not really. Nope. So my, what was going on in Napa? I mean, oh, when I grew said up, you've been here for how, how long had your family been in Napa? Are you my a multi-generation? My grandparents came here. My grandfather was actually from Mexico. He mm-hmm. came here, I'm not sure when, probably in the 30s. Mm. So my mother was here. My father is from Iowa. but uh, Whereabouts? Uh, Sioux City. Sioux City. I was there not too long ago. Seriously? Not too long ago. So he, he came to California during the war and liked it better than Iowa. So, he, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they did actually spend some time, my parents, living in, in Iowa. But th- he, he voted 
uh, strongly to live in Napa Valley. And it was Napa Valley that he first came to. I th- I think well he was in the service so I don't oh, oh, oh. I, I you know it must have been kind of Mare Island Mare or Island something or some place like, like that so. And what but, kept uh, him here? What what did they find to do? Did they get involved in wine or farming? Well, you know, ag? it's interesting because he came from a farming family. His his parents were immigrants from Denmark, and he wanted nothing to do with farming oh. when he came here. So he was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. He um, he uh, had a construction business over in Marin County, and absolutely did not want to farm. <laughs> I can relate to that. Having grown up in the wine business, you know, I went uh-huh. off. My college degree has nothing to do with yeah. wine. And I, I got back to it. But. You didn't intend to go into uh, winemaking? No. No. Yeah. No. I, I, my, my degree is from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Telecommunication. Seriously? At Arizona State University. Well, no kidding. Huh. So I guess I'm putting my degree to use a little bit here. As absolutely. We're on the air speaking. And yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm journalisming with you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yes, but so. but yeah, you, yeah. My intent was not to be in the wine business, but it, it draws you back, just like you were oh. talking about. Oh yeah, this absolutely. place draws you back. Mm-hmm. All right, but back to you. Enough about okay. me for now. Okay. We can get back to me later, but let's talk about you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about it. So I came back that's here, it. and I I had my journalism degree, and I called Doug Ernst down at the register, and I said, "Do you need any freelance writers?" And he said, "Actually, I need a features editor." So, and when was this? This was 1999. Oh, 99? Yeah. Okay. So next thing I knew, I was working at the Register, which was kind of fun to, to be at the paper that I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I went to work with Pierce Carson, yeah. and I remembered reading his articles when I was in high school. He used to review Pretender's Playhouse. And <laughs> uh, the first thing he said to me when I came on board was, I'm not reviewing any more local theater. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so, but he'd done his time. So I started reviewing the local theater productions. Put, put in a good word with Pierce for this show. Well, I've tried to get him on for the past couple of years, and it never seems to work out. Oh, my God, you should. I he, just got a billion stories about he, Napa Valley, and I want to hear him. He'd be like a two- or three-parter, I think. He, he, he knows where all the bodies are buried. Exactly, and, and I want to know, too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all of them, but... Well, no, I've been trying to get him to write his memoirs because he's just got such so many stories. Um, Pierce came here in 1967, started working for the Register. Yeah. And uh, so he's going on 50 years. Amazing, amazing, and, and going strong. I mean, oh, he's yeah. one active dude. He, he, I just saw him. He was in gallivanting about Eastern Europe, and he just got back. And, I know. And he goes off to the tropics. He's, he's something else. But, okay. Back to you. 1999, you start as the features editor. And what does that mean exactly, features editor? What, what, is the, what does that mean your specialty is? Well, it depends on what day it is, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Tuesdays, it's the food section. On Thursdays, we, we print the art section. On Fridays, the wine section. Saturdays is home and garden. Sundays is sort of a potpourri of things called faces and places. And Monday is also a weird section. It's kind of evolved into a travel section. So, you know, so each each day we're preparing a different What's the section. masthead of that weird section? Is it the oh. weird section? Does it just, you turn to page, <laughs> it says section B, the weird section? We call it connections, connections, which gives us a broad, broad palette to work on. But 
That's nice. It's a little bland. It's um, a little bland. I well, think weird. The weird section. I think you said it, and we might even quote you on that from now on. Okay. Well, okay. you could almost do that for any of our sections, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we're just... Um, being in Napa Valley, anything well, can happen. we tend to consider the paper the Daily Miracle. You know, It's a miracle that it gets out or that there's news to report, which... No, there... There's so much news to report. There is, but some people have this perception. It's a very sleepy, nothing ever happens. That was actually my perception growing up here. Oh, I got to get out. Nothing ever happens. That's but, mine too. You know, you know, stuff does happen. So what's the miracle? Well, just that we produce a paper every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's about the equivalent, apparently, of, of uh, producing a novel every day. Just, you know, but it's, it's an extraordinary team effort that that does it. And of course, our team has dwindled considerably since I started in 1999. There were four staff reporters at the time contributing to the the feature section. Mm -hmm. Now it's Pierce and me. It's just And Pierce is half time. Oh, wow. So. Do you you sleep? (laughs) I mean, you got to put this thing out every day and you're the main writer. Well, no, actually, there's a wonderful cast of people who contribute to it. And and they're mostly freelancers now and they're doing it. I see. Out of sheer love of writing for newspapers, I guess, because we don't pay them a whole lot, but you know they're just wonderful they're they're just uh out there finding all these stories and writing them and and then you know as editor, technically, what I'm doing is putting it all together and, and coming up with a list of stories and uh pictures and and handing it over to the designers and hoping that it all comes together <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. Is there is there something that you particularly particularly I need some water. Just take your time, Jen. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> particularly enjoy writing about is there one section you say, Oh, Tuesday's coming up, it's the food. This is like this is what I love to cover. This is what I love to write about. Is there something like that that really gets you going? You know, it's more the people than the, the subjects because the people that I end up talking to, huh. and, and they could be doing anything, you know, whether they're growing orchids or, mm-hmm. um, or cooking fabulous meals. The, it's it's when there's an opportunity to sit down and hear somebody's really wonderful story, and you and you never know what it's going to be. So. True enough. This is what I enjoy and enjoy immensely about this show. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the subject matter; it's hearing someone's story, yeah. and, and I love hearing people's stories. Do you have anybody uh, recently or in the past that you recall just sitting down and thinking, wow, I'm so happy to be hearing this and meeting this person? Well, there's Jean-Charles Boisset is probably one of the most fascinating characters in the Valley these days, he's I would a character. say. And uh, he's, he's, he's certainly always a lot of fun to hear what he's up to because you never know. <laughs> and uh, I was just down in Los Angeles, met a very intriguing artist which I'm actually going to write about it for the register, but he, so, you know, you just never know. You, you just, you don't know who you're going to run into or every day is different. True enough. You don't know who's going to call or email and, and, uh, just keep an open mind. And yeah. And, and, you know, having grown up thinking that Napa was the most boring place in the world to live, hmm. it, it is endlessly fascinating to me to realize how many people, this little valley has attracted now. There are the old timers who've been here forever, and then the the new the new arrivals who are somewhat dazzled by Napa. You know, it's uh, very very interesting to see what Napa has become. 
What do you see have been some of the big changes, either sociologically, physically, well, economically? You know, there are restaurants now. I mean, when I grew up, there was Rufino's, which was wonderful. Rufino's restaurant was where you went for Sunday dinners, I guess. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you know, Chick's Burgers and the <laughs> Pizza House. But I, I would never really think of it as fine dining. And the right. same thing with the arts. You know, I mean, when when I was a kid here, culture was something that existed in San Francisco. Mm. And, and you, you made a family field trip to go see a ballet or something. Right. And so when I came back and, you know, the opera house was getting close to open. And, and uh, I remember sitting there at a one of the first concerts thinking, I don't believe I'm in Napa. Because it was some, I don't even remember who was performing, but it was really pretty amazing. And so now with, with all the different arts going on and different people trying different projects, and we've got more news than we can fit in the paper most days. Oh. Which is good. I guess so. And then, so what are your challenges to figure out what goes in the paper and how how to speak to the local audience? Well, you know, local is best. I mean, we just, we go by what people tell us is important. You know, it's interesting because when I was, of course, when I was in school, it was a long time ago, I, I did the graduate journalism program at Cal. And our uh, my mentor was this fabulous guy named Ben Begdikian. And at the time, we were trying to figure out what was going to happen to newspapers because of mm. uh, the internet. And he said at the time, you know, I, I predict that uh, little community papers are going to be the ones that are going to survive. You know, the big dailies may be in for a big challenge, mm. but the community papers will, will, will survive as long as they continue to give people the news they won't get anyplace else. And so I think that's kind of our mantra down at the at the register is to is to just find the local news that you won't get any place except in the register yeah. or, or maybe on the radio station when they do the register news. Heavily, which they do. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I read the paper and I read about people I know or people in the community. And that's very interesting to me because um, you're right. The Internet has all the other big news stories out there. And that's how I approach this show, too, as well. You know, let's just talk about what's going on. In Napa Valley, who the interesting characters are, let's meet them, hear some personal stories. I mean, to me, that's interesting, and I can only do what I think is interesting, because then I'd be faking it, mm-hmm, and nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that. So it sounds like a little bit of the approach there at the register, too, and it, oh, yeah. it's working and, for you guys. And the readers really drive the news. I mean, they they will certainly tell us if we've missed anything. Oh, yeah. And- I, read, I, read, I read the letters. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> letters and obituaries are probably the, the best read elements of the paper obituaries too huh? oh yeah yeah i don't really go online to Mm -hmm. read the paper and but when i do i know there's comments people love to comment about everything do obituaries get comments no i don't think so is it even possible is there a comment section well i don't know actually we've turned off most of the commenting for the (laughs) stories (laughs) you know Uh. it's i i I guess i i love the idea Mm-hmm. Of this whole, you know, freedom to express and egalitarianism. You've told me this story. Now let me tell you what I think about it. But in practice, it really doesn't work that way, does it? You just get a lot of trolls, mostly. When there's that, the element of the anonymity, and you can just say yeah. whatever you want without putting your name on it, it, it really changes things. And, you know, like so many things that happen as people, as the, the news 
paper world was trying to adapt to the internet, started doing a lot of things. For example, providing content free online, mm. and uh, and then this idea of commenting, you know, opening it up for people to comment, and, and then you know, a few years down the road, there was sort of backpedaling where people were thinking, hmm, maybe not the best idea. <laughs> and how do we get people to now pay for content online? You know, little challenges like that come up. So. And is the register going that way? Is there? It is. It's it like most papers now. It has that that paywall where. You know, you can read 10 stories a month oh. free, and then you need to subscribe. Then cough it up. Cough it up. Gotcha. And, it, it, and as our publisher will, will say, it's, it's, it's really just to get across the idea that there's some value to having journalists report the news. You know, all of our – the revenue really doesn't come in from subscribers. It comes in from ads, of course. But, Indeed. But, you know – it isn't. It isn't produced for free. We 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 like to get a salary, and <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, I'll try to get one of those too. Oh. <laughs> but this station does make its revenue through advertising, and that's why we have to take a break right now. We've got Sasha Paulson, the features editor of our own Napa Valley Register, joining us. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and streaming live around the world at kvon.com, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you, Lauren Mole. It's true. Anywhere around the world where folks can get the internet and access to kvon.com, they can stream this show live. And if, if you can't catch it live, you can always go to the Apple iTunes store, type in Judd's Napa Valley Show. And boom, all the episodes will be there. We're, we're well over 100 at this point. And might I suggest listening to that 100th episode, Bonanza of Hilarity, or whatever we called it? That was a goodie. It sure was. Indeed. Thank you, sir. You're we, welcome. <laughs> we have our guest, Sasha Paulson. And Sasha, you are the features editor of our own Napa Valley Register here in town. And I notice you have a bag. Is that a bag of goodies? I, I do have a bag of goodies. Can, can we see what's in your bag of goodies? Can I have those? What do you have? Well, um, you know, we're, we're moving our newspaper offices yes. from um, the trailers that we've been in ever since the earthquake. We're actually mm. moving into a real building. And oh, so good. I'm sort of clearing off my desk, and I thought I would bring you some of the things. One of the more interesting parts of my job is that people send you weird things. Oh, good. So I, You I, could add that in the weird section. That's right. Photos you know, of the weird things you get. Weird seems to come up, but this, oh. this is one of my <laughs> That's favorite. That's weird. That, it's, do you want me to describe it? You can. Well, it looks I can. interesting to me. Uh, well, <laughs> this, this came in a box uh, addressed to me, and it's a, a brick of – Straw, covered, yeah, like covered, like a little hay bale, a, a very little hay bale covered with uh, cotton balls, uh -huh. but it has two eyes and one black ear. It's it's a sheep. It's a sheep. Um, it's a cotton ball hay bale sheep that fits in your hand. And it's been sitting on my desk for about five years, and I decided and, it's not moving to the new building. Do you know who sent this to you? It was the Lake County Fair people as part of the promotion of the, the Lake County Fair. Mm. So, okay, okay. So people will send you things just to kind now, of pitch an idea for a, a, a news story, and okay. this was one Now of that them. makes sense. Uh, before knowing that, I would have 
suggested a restraining order against whoever <laughs> sent this. Some some very inspired crafter. Okay. So that's that's one thing I brought you. Oh, you brought more than one. You, There's you more. Said, weird. Well, yeah. This is really cleaning off my desk. Oh. This is. Oh, <laughs> I, I. Who is that? That's the, oh, that's, that's oh, the I know who that is. Um, uh, what's his name? Augustin. Yeah. Uh, uh, Buena Vista. Uh, uh, the Rasty. Uh, Rasty. Yeah. Yeah. A, a bobblehead. A bobblehead of, and, uh, uh, of of the Rasty. count who uh, built Buena Vista, the first uh, premium winery, I guess, in in uh, California. And still existing today. Still existing and today. Let's see. I, I, these are fabulous. Thank oh, you. You're very welcome to them. These are some nice goodies. I would love to keep these. However, I like to let the listeners get their hands on my goodies, if you don't mind. If anybody wants the, either one of them, they're very welcome. I especially <laughs> love the sheep. Well, well, maybe we l- should let him have the sheep. You know what? I think Lauren has never walked away with any of the goodies. So, Lauren, if you would like that sheep, you may have the sheep and we'll give away the bobblehead. Now he's looking at me like, what are you doing to me, Judd? What did you say? (laughs) Tell you what, let's leave it in the hands of the listeners. If you are uh, at your desk on the computer or with your smartphone but not driving, please, get on Twitter. Be the first one to tweet with the hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. And also tag Judd's Hill because that way I'll get it immediately. So it's at Judd's Hill, J-U-D-D-S-H-I-L-L. And then type in... Getting my hands on Judd's goodies. The first tweet in can win both of these prizes, or you can uh, specify if you just want one or the other. The sheep or the bobblehead of Count Harasti. Thank you, Sasha, very much. Oh, you're welcome. Bizarre stuff. And I think that will be a good feature, the weird stuff that comes in to the register. Except you'd be inviting a lot of weird stuff if you did that. I, I don't think we really have to invite it. it, it really? Just, it just shows up. What else have you gotten? Well... The one time, this man brought in a tomato that he said looked like the devil because, it <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted us to do a story about it. I, I think we actually did a story about his devil tomato. It's a long time ago. Okay. Most of the weird stuff, frankly, comes from PR people. I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, weirdly shaped fruits and vegetables could be a popular feature. I think readers probably like that. Yeah. Yeah. They do. For a long time, we had a feature called, oh, I can't even remember what it was called, but people sending in pictures of their weirdly shaped vegetables. And There's we, another we item them. for your weird section. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just part of who we are here in Napa Valley. Okay. I mean, it's we're not all sophisticated. <laughs> what else? What else? I, what, who says that's unsophisticated? I consider myself a very worldly, erudite, and sophisticated gentleman. And I would love to see a picture of a, a devil tomato or a, or a, a, I don't know, a corn cob shaped like the Florida panhandle or something like that. Weird squash. and Oh, um, weird squash. There's a whole section in and of itself. Just absolutely. Sasha so, Paulson presents. That, maybe that's a new book if it's not going to go in the paper. Sasha Paulson presents weird squash. Well, you know, my, my ambition really when I retire is to write novels about a newsroom, telling the story of Napa from the perspective of the newsroom, because it, it is, well, you know, first of all, I mean, you, you study journalism, yeah. you know that journalists are basically crazy people. And I think everybody's crazy. It, it, you just got to dig a little deep. Well, in, in this case, we're all put together in well, trailers right now and with the <laughs> mission of producing a newspaper every day. And, it, you know, it, it tends to attract 
unusual people who will stay. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I'm going to do when I retire, if I, in fact, ever retire. This will be a novel about the Mm -hmm. folks of the newsroom? Yeah, and and the Napa Valley told. You know, I actually love that idea. Do you? Thank you. I'll sign them up. Okay. On your list. Novels, Mm. which you've recently written one. Oh, I have. Dancing on the Spider's Web. Yes, I, I I did write it, and and part of it takes place in Napa. Well, let's hear a little bit about it. Can you can you tell us? Well, and this is current. This is just coming out, or has just well, come out. actually about to come out. Well, no, I, I couldn't get a straight story. I looked on one oh, side. It said, you know, that's because it came the, out. The other one says it's coming out. Oh, that's because the publishers were frankly uh, crazy people. Oh, and I've I've actually moved on from them. It, that's, oh. that's a long and very... Okay, we don't need to get into that. We, we just don't need really to know when's the book drop. Probably next next spring. Oh, next spring. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. coming it was up. Good. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to give a preview? Well, I can tell you that it it, it it's sort of turned into a historical novel and mm-hmm. it never was really intended to be. It oh. just took me that long to write it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I started writing In it. In real time. It, I, I, it's, it's set in the 1970s, which I think is kind of a, a pivotal time in Napa, you know? Oh. You think about, and, um. Yeah, how so? Well, the Napa that I grew up in was primarily identified as with the, uh, state hospital, mm, you know? Yeah. And as, as a lot of my old friends will say, you didn't announced that you were from Napa because people would immediately associate you with the state hospital. Oh, and, um, I remember going to games where, you know, away games when I was at Napa High, and they would call us the Napa Nuts. Oh, dear. And so <laughs> I, I've heard from folks, and I've been around here for about 40 years, but yeah. I've heard from folks that before that, if you use the term, you know, we're going to send you up to Napa, it wasn't on a nice food and wine vacation. It was because they thought you needed mental exactly. health help. Yeah. No, it was yeah. not a spa retreat or anything. It right. was um, so... And I remember even when I was in college, it was surprising to me to think that people were talking about going to Napa as a glamorous, <laughs> exciting escape. Because I'm thinking, what was that boring place that I grew up in? But um, And this shift, a, you think, happened during the 70s? I think it did, don't you? I, there was such a proliferation of wineries being built. That's when I came here. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose so. I, yeah. mean, I was pretty young, but the, certainly yeah. Yeah, wineries, yeah, was... uh, some fine restaurants began mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. popping up. Yeah. It became a it, destination. It became yeah. a destination, yeah. So so anyway, that that uh the novel is just about people who grew up in Napa, left Napa and then end up back in Napa. <laughs> well, <laughs> Not autobiographical okay. at all, but it's just and and I and I and I realized when one of the editors said, you know, wow, this is an historical novel. First of all, I thought, "Oh my god, I'm really old." But, you know, it's so it's a question of going back and sort of recreating that time when when it when it shifted a little bit. And, mm. and is it more of a character story? It is. It's, it's very much a character-driven so, story. Yes. And these characters, without giving things away, are they on a journey of self-discovery? Are they learning? So. They, though they are. Yeah. I haven't read it, you know. But well, the, the the main character is a very bright woman who has sort of bolts halfway through medical school. And decides she's never done anything except go to school mm. and, and comes to San Francisco and steps into San Francisco past the heyday of the really crazy time, mm. you know, the 60s and all that. So the, it's, it's that that time is really sort of wanting, but there's still the vestiges and the, the sort of notion that people could just 
create their lives in the blurring of fantasies with oh, wow. with real life. And so it was really fun to write. It was, it's it's a great escape from writing news to, yeah, to write fiction because like you don't have to, you know, write exactly everything that's true. You can just create things out of fiction. How fun. So, well, you must be very excited for this to finally come out. It's it's very exciting. When I got the um, the proof, you know, it's actually in a book form, and there it is. And it was, it was, it was quite exciting. And I've seen a cover shot, so I know it, that oh, yeah. part exists. The There's cover was designed by this absolutely brilliant woman from Sonoma named uh, Dorothy Smith. Mm-hmm. She She's just extraordinary. She reads a book and gets an idea and, and uh, decides the cover. So. Very cool. Dancing on the spider's web. Yes. And so next spring, you're saying, so about a year from now, Probably, you think? yeah. And I'm sure you'll be having book signings and I'll Q&A you, and all that stuff. I'll, so we'll I'll, talk. We'll I'll talk. Let you that, know. I'll let you happens. know. But this is not your first foray into book writing. You've written a wine book, Masters, uh, The Master's Secrets to Enjoying Wine. Oh, right. Well, that's a, a – actually, I co-wrote that book with Tim Hanai. Oh, a Do, former you know guest Tim? on this show. Quite a character. Why and we got- enjoy the wines we – Enjoy. Yes. Like. Yes. Well, this this was actually we were asked to write this book. It's being published in China, also next year. Oh, this next year's big for you. Next year, what? Maybe I'll retire from the news business. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the master secrets. The master being Tim, really. The we master jo- secrets. We joked about China. that title. Yeah. Yeah. He is a master of wine. So we worked in that word. Remember that, Lauren? We worked in the word master as many times as we possibly <laughs> could. <laughs> oh, when he was right. on the show. I, I, I do remember. <laughs> You seem to get a kick out of it. Oh, he's he's great fun to work with. And I, I just – I really like his attitude toward wine, that people should enjoy it and not worry about what they're supposed to like or what they uh, – what everyone's telling them they should like and just really discover what they what they enjoy and uh, you know, not to be so intimidated by all this sophistication and everything. Just, yeah, just, and just, I think just that's really the right word, it, you know? is intimidation. People, mm-hmm. people should just enjoy it and not get caught up in the wine speak and the certain you know, pomp and circumstance. I, I have none of that. And I'm so glad that somebody like Tim, who you know, is in a position to be like that mm-hmm. you know, and have an excuse to be like that, yeah. completely tries to knock, knock wine off its pedestal as well. It's, it's he, like, he, bring he, it down, just, just approach it, enjoy it, drink it, like it. Here's some reasons maybe why you like it. And he's got a whole book about that, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. Yeah, it is. And, and oh, the next ahead. thing that we're working on, uh, that he and I are working on right now, is called the uh, Sweet Wine Lovers Manifesto. Because he's decided to take up the banner of people who like sweet wines and feel very have been made to feel very apologetic if yeah. they if they like sweet wines. Whether it's, you know, Moscato Doro or White Zin, you know, they he just thinks they should be able to really enjoy that and not be apologetic and not feel like they, they're they just beginners in the wine world and they have to become eventually sophisticated and, and, you know, to enjoy the right wines. So this will be, this is his real new cause is to really defend these people because well, he said they just... There are wonderful sweet wines out there. Well, they're oh only wonderful God. if you like them and everyone has a different palate. Exactly. So I shouldn't yeah. even put that out there. But I had a conversation yesterday. There was a proprietor of one of our prominent Napa Valley restaurants visited the winery to sit down. He had somebody in town and we were drinking. He said at the end, of, you guys don't make any sweet wine, do you? So as a matter of fact, we do. We have the, a port style wine and mm-hmm. we have a, it's not late harvest. We call it tardy harvest. We picked it a little bit late. It's just tardy harvest of Roussan. He got really excited. Mm-hmm. He said, we just, we don't 
see a lot of local sweet wines and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's got a great place it's my favorite way to end a meal oh yeah you know, i'm yeah. not a big dessert guy you know of course our restaurant we have a fabulous you know chef that does desserts but i just like to sit and have a port or a madeira something mm-hmm. like that and mm-hmm. you know just it's part of fine dining too and enjoyment of life so don't and, be embarrassed um, anybody drink what you like exactly exactly just i mean it's, it's got to be about pleasure i think so and what are the master's secrets to enjoying wine? Without giving away everything in the book, <laughs> can you give us a couple little well, uh, it, it secrets? Really, it really is to to discover your own preferences. And, of course, you know, Tim has this whole scientific survey, uh, years of research that he's done, that shows that there are people that just have more sensitivity than others. They're not the super tasters. You know, he sort of debunks that whole idea. But the people who according to Tim, really love sweet wines. They're the ones who have the most taste buds and the most highly sensitive palates. And Mm. so for them, a, for for example, a big high alcohol cab actually has a, a, an unpleasant sensation, a burning sensation. It's overload. It's overload for them. So given a choice of drinking that or nothing, they will, they will drink nothing because it's just not pleasant. Whereas for other people, it's just sheer pleasure to have that big, big red. We so, all you know, have we our all own have this. Palette. So really, yeah. his secret comes down to that: discovering who you are with no apologies, and you know, enjoying the wines that that really suit your own taste. Absolutely, and there should be no judgments. And mm-hmm. you've got another book coming out about Mike Gergich. Well, that came out on Mike's ninety third birthday, which was April first, yeah, just recently. Wow. Just recently, and I worked with Mike. We worked on it for three years. Mm-hmm. It was really quite a an interesting experience because, of course, he's got one of the most fascinating stories in the Napa Valley, so probably in all the wine world, you know. And he just decided when he was 90, he was going to write his story. And, and so you we, helped craft that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. You have a book signing tonight. We have a book signing. Violet Gergich, his daughter, and I are going to be at Bookmine at 7 o'clock tonight, which is, a, it's, you know, it's, today's the anniversary, I guess, of the Judgment of Paris. Oh, t- today's the actual day? T- the 24th. Oh. I, th- I think it is. Well, I know it's right around now. There's been a lot of talk. Yeah, because I, I think there are several events. Well, there have been lots of events about the Judgment well, of Paris. Well, he was so. integral in that. So he, this- was, he was certainly integral. But, you know, it's just that's just one of the, the things that, the sort of extraordinary things of his life. We ended up calling the book A Glass Full of Miracles mm. because he really believes in miracles. He The first time I ever interviewed him, which was many years ago, he said... There have been miracles in my life. Told me about all of them, you know, beginning with, you know, he grew up very, very poor family, 11 children in uh, Desna, Croatia. Mm. His dad was a winemaker. He just has this philosophy of always moving forward and moving towards your dreams and feels that he was assisted by miracles to get from Desna to St. Helena, where he, you know, made the Chardonnay that went to Paris. so Help put Napa on the map. Well, that's yeah. what an honor you got to be part of telling his story. Yeah. And you'll be helping tell the story tonight at Book Mind, 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. There'll yeah. be some readings from the book, yeah. some questions yeah. and answers. Probably. Yeah. Great. Whatever, um, whatever people want to know. Well, at least he didn't get interviewed by Al Michaels, sad to say. <laughs> what, what, what would have Al Michaels asked him? Do you believe in miracles? Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. That's his big line. Thank you. I didn't know where you were going with that, but that's how dense I am. Thank you for being sharp, Lauren Mole. Uh, Sasha. Yes. In your role as the features editor for the Napa Valley Register, you get to meet 
so many people, Mm -hmm. you get to ask uncounted questions. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to turn the tables. And I've been asking some questions, but this is the one it really comes down to. Okay. And I really would appreciate your honesty. Okay. And let's just go ahead and do this, shall we? Uh Uh-oh. All right. right. (laughs) Everything's recording. We're getting this on tape. All right. Okay, Sasha. Do you go nuts for donuts? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Do you? Is that a buttercream bakery? It is. Oh, my gosh. I put buttercream bakery in my novel, by the way. You should. I'm glad to hear that. That's the place. So have a look there. We have a little selection of donuts there for you. If you wouldn't mind, there are many styles, colors, flavors. Pick, Pick one that speaks to you. Well, I guess it would be the chocolate. Okay, the chocolate raised, classic. Okay, with that chocolate raised, in your role as editor, writer, can you give me, I don't know, two, three, four sentence mini story or description of this chocolate donut that would make me want to experience that chocolate donut? On the spot, this is extemporaneous writing right now. <laughs> One sentence. Oh, well, it's... It's buttercream. What else could you say? And that's all I need to know. Thank you very much. And now it's time to play a new game here on Uh Judd's Napa Valley Show. Harlequin or Paulson? That's right. What we have done is we have gone online and found some reviews of some advanced copies of your book, Dancing on the Spider's Web. And we have mingled them with some reviews of a Harlequin romance novel called Tempted by Her Billionaire Boss. <laughs> and Lauren is now going to read these and one by one see if Sasha can identify which review is for which book, either your own Dancing on the Spider's Web or the Harlequin romance tempered, excuse me, Tempted by Her Billionaire Boss. Lauren, would you like to read quote number one? I would love to. The overarching storyline didn't feel very real despite having it forced down our throats the entire book. (laughs) That's not mine. (laughs) I wasn't especially interested in the characters and their history, which made it hard for me to really connect with them. However, the writing was very good, including the dialogue. Not mine. No, okay, that's two in a row. Uh Okay, next. Picture this. You're bent under your desk. Skirt right. Not mine. The top <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, Lauren. She's right, but I want to hear the end of that review. <laughs> Go ahead. Take two. Okay. Picture this. You're bent <laughs> under your desk. Skirt riding up your legs. The tops of your lacy stockings on display. And your temporary <laughs> boss appears. 24 hours earlier than scheduled. You're sure that's not your book? Uh, I'm sure that's not my book. (laughs) That's understandable. And you're right. That's not. Okay. Are there any more? Final quote. Okay. The characters are so alive in their complexity, and the prose is so vivid, that I began to believe that they must be living just down the street. A sparkling and utterly engrossing debut. Oh, that's Margot Livesey, who's one of the best writers writing today, and I was so honored that she would read it and say something nice about it that that was very nice yeah it was very very nice so mentioning the characters like that and that's what i love about stories when characters can truly come alive so i'm looking yeah. forward to this dancing okay. on the spider's web i will get you a copy if Fabulous. and when it ever <laughs> comes up <laughs> comes up sasha paulson 
Great to have you here. Features editor of the Napa Valley Register. Subscribe to the paper. Read her works. Uh, look for her book, Dancing on the Spider's Web, coming out soon. Go see her tonight at Bookmine with her book about Mike Gurgic, excuse me, Mike Gurgic, which is called, what is the name of the book? A Glass Full of Miracles. A Glass, thank you. I knew it had miracles. A Glass Full of Miracles. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This is fun. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.